Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with another great guest. His name is Philip Telfer. And we are going to be talking about a subject that I think every single one of us can relate to. It doesn't have to do specifically with homeschooling, but it's something that every homeschool family deals with. We're going to talk about digital distractions and what this looks like in our families today, what we can do to kind of bring back the family and not be so distracted by this crazy digital age that we are in and that we've, most of us have lived in for quite a long time. So Philip, I am so glad to have you with me today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Yvette. I'm glad to join you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We met you several years ago at the Christian Worldview Film Festival. Yes. And uh, that is an incredible event that our family has really enjoyed. Um, You know, one of the things, and and just really quickly on that, because we're not talking so much about the film festival, but one of the things that um, each time Garrett and I have gone, we've come away with um, so much encouragement in regards to using our gifts and talents that God has given us to impact his kingdom. We hear it every, I mean, every time someone's up on that stage speaking, that's what we hear like, okay, what are you doing? What are you doing to impact God's kingdom? And um, and so we love that. I love that it's so focused on a biblical worldview, which is exactly what it is, um, you know, Christian worldview and, and, and using media, you know, whether it's movies or podcasts, or you, you guys really focus more on the uh, movie, yes, TV side of things, um, but um, it's it's such an incredible ministry that you have. But that's not the only ministry God has put in your lap. You have many, so I would love for you to tell our audience about what the Lord is doing with you. Kind of introduce us to your family and some of the things that you're doing to impact God's kingdom. Sure. You know, first and foremost, since this is a homeschool audience, you know, I'm a I'm a homeschool dad, hundred percent. We homeschool through high school. And uh, my wife and I were newlyweds when, when I'm so blessed that we actually met somebody in the state of Oregon uh, where I grew up. And I, I did not grow up knowing anything about homeschooling. I wished I had been homeschooled, mm. but uh, it wasn't until I was, I was married when we encountered a family that homeschooled. And I remember uh, leaving their house uh, that evening and talking with my wife, Mary, and saying, you know, are we on some sort of government watch list? <laughs> um, is this legal? Uh, th- this was, but I did tell her, I said, you know what? I don't know if this is legal. I don't know if we've we've gotten ourselves into some trouble by even meeting with these people, That's how <laughs> ignorant I was. I said, but that was the first time I've ever had an intelligent conversation with an eight-year-old. There's something wow. that's like really positive about this. And uh, we it, it definitely was the seed that was planted. And uh, we continued to learn more and more about homeschooling. And really, our, our purpose from the very beginning was to have the pri- we have the privilege and the opportunity to disciple our children right. and not just give them over 
to a government school to be indoctrinated against God, against biblical values, against the family, and, and so much more. It's just it's uh, in the last 20 years, things have gotten worse. So, so I'm just grateful. So that was kind of our journey and foray into to homeschool. And as you know, homeschool, uh, a mentality of which is countercultural, is just like the it begins to be the tip of the iceberg. As soon as you kind of put your feet in those waters, all of a sudden there are a lot of things that begin to change right. uh, in your life. And so, but yeah, for for many years I've been involved in ministry for over thirty years. My wife and I met in Chicago uh, through an inner city ministry, and I was moved there from the state of Oregon in order to serve inner city youth and work with a local church. Uh, I interned at a church for the summer, working with um, inner city camps and the the gang kids on our block and wherever wherever I could serve. I was I was 18 years old and just loved the Lord and wanted to do something for the kingdom. And then, uh, but the church that I worked for, they kept me on staff. They gave me a job as a custodian, oh. so I got my first <laughs> my first ministry position as nice. a janitor. And my wife was actually the secretary of the church. So we worked together, fell in love, got married, and now we will be celebrating 30 years. Wow. Uh, and uh, God has blessed us with four children. I have one adult child who's uh, out of the home, married, and has two children of her own. So I'm a grandfather. And I have three teens still in the home. Uh, my 19-year-old son has graduated from high school. He's working full-time, but still living at home. And uh, then... My, I have a 17-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old daughter, so we're still in the thick of it, and, yeah. and I'm very grateful for ministries like this that support homeschooling. Yeah, thank you. Well, we love it. There's, um, there's nothing else I would rather be podcasting about than homeschooling and bringing this encouragement to our audience, and we always are just in awe of, of how the Lord has used this podcast to reach the hearts of people all around the world. That's what's incredible is, you know, I could stand on a stage and talk to people all day long, but you get a very small audience when you do that. And uh, being on a podcast, you get to reach people, you know, yes. across the and ocean. I, it's amazing. As you know, as you mentioned the film festival, um, I'm a big believer in what's what I'd refer to as broadcast ministry. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, broadcasting people don't realize that the term broadcast is was adopted by radio first, you know, so that's usually what we're familiar with, with the television broadcast, radio broadcast, and now podcasts, but it's an agricultural term. Radio borrowed it from farming. Uh. Uh, broadcasting is how you cast seeds. You know, there are different ways, but the the age old way of, of um, scattering seed, and Jesus talked about that, a, a sower went out to sow his seed. That's called broadcasting. I did not you know just, that. You just, you just scatter seed. And uh, so radio first adopted that because they they weren't sure they were sending out the, these radio waves and didn't know if who was actually listening. And uh, but now with podcasts, it's great because you can actually track. Who's, oh yes, who's yes. Going with you, but yeah, I've I've had I've had an interest in uh, media and entertainment on two sides of the coin, which you're familiar with the film festival, mm -hmm. and then today on our subject of regaining focus, I've been I've spent. Um, a lot of, in fact, since 2003, I've been speaking nationally on the subject of media discernment, mm. uh, beginning with speaking to youth particularly, and then to uh, their parents. Yeah. And then later on, I think it was in 2007 when I began to speak to homeschoolers about this. And I, 
I was hesitant at first. I had several homeschool leaders that, that I were, was friends with, and they were saying, hey, Philip, you really ought to consider, you know, you're traveling the country and you're speaking at Christian schools and churches and these youth events. Why don't you speak to homeschoolers? And I said, well, it's kind of preaching to the choir, isn't it? I mean, don't they have their act together? Right. <laughs> and, uh, and they'd kind of look at me cross-eyed and, and uh, say, well, you might be a little naive on that. So I got my first opportunity to speak at a homeschool conference in 2007, and uh, my eyes were really open. Mm. The feedback I received, not only from the youth, but the adults, I realized uh, this is uh, an important message. And so I, I've uh, continued to both minister inside and outside the homeschool community, but uh, I love being able to help in this uh, particular area of life. Um, so... Yeah, yeah, it's an important topic uh, that we definitely need to talk about. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Philip Telfer, and we before the break, you were talking about how you, you kind of discovered that homeschoolers actually need to talk about these things, talk about you know how they can regain focus with digital distractions, which, which is your, your talk that you give at homeschool conferences. And, you know, I know that years ago, and I would love for you to kind of talk about this, that there were, there were a lot of people who saw the writing on the wall. They saw what was coming and, mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't call them a prophet, but sometimes it's kind of easy to see, well, this is where you're heading and this, this is the direction our, our nation is headed in, in our culture. And these could be the effects, both good and bad, of these things. And so there were some people who were maybe sounding off sirens and saying, hey, whoa, wait, people, wake up, wake up. Um, talk a little bit about that, because it seems that maybe some people didn't really listen <laughs> to yeah, sure. well, what was know, going on. Parenting has always been hard. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had their challenges. When you think about Cain and Abel, but uh, certainly we are faced with the unique challenges that no generation has ever faced before we, uh, with the digital age and, the, and especially with the smartphone. When I began speaking on this subject in 2003 around the country, there were no smartphones at right. the time. There was not Facebook, Twitter, Netflix. There were a lot of things now that just uh, are a regular you know, occurrence in people's lives every day. That, that didn't even exist in 2003. And I was still um, sounding the alarm right. uh, back then. And of course, I was not the uh, by far the first person, just I had picked up on the trail of, of other people. And when you think of Neil Postman's book, Amusing Ourselves to Death, published in 1984, 1985, somewhere around there, you can read it today and it's a timeless uh, mm. classic now. And I can't imagine what, what Neil Postman would have thought if he saw where, where we've gone uh, today. So the, um, the statistics are overwhelming. When I was most recently saw some by the CDC on how many, how many hours young people spend in ages 10 to 12, or maybe it's 10 to 14. I think it, actually it's eight to 10. So children eight to 10 spend 
um, six hours a day consuming entertainment media. So that's not doing wow. homework or school. And of course, we're not talking about homeschool kids, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring up a really important point about that. But these are these are just national statistics and children ages 11 through 14 is is the worst age bracket right now. They spend about nine hours a day consuming entertainment media. And that's wow. not that's not doing homework. And then it, it drops down a little bit ages 15 to 18. It's seven and a half hours a day, which that was that was kind of the go to number for many years. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was the Kaiser Family Foundation had done a study back in 2012 and um, they found that the average teen was consuming about seven and a half hours of, of media every day. And if you counted media multitasking, it was almost 11 hours. Now that's, of course we say, well, that's, you know, not, not our homeschoolers. Well, let's hope it's not, right. you know, but one, one thing that I found to be true in a lot of homeschool families is that because we're so efficient and we should be with, with training and discipling our children, we're not wasting time giving them nonsense to, to as filler throughout the day. So as you know, you know, you can, you can get done with your, your schoolwork in a, in a much more efficient time right. than what the, the school does. But the school, if the kids are gone for eight hours in the government school, uh, they're at least managed for those eight hours. Mm -hmm. Maybe not so well anymore, even with, with screens, but, um, but what I've talked to a lot of young people who've uh, grown up in homeschool where they actually had a lot of free time yeah. to spend. And they confessed that a lot of that time was spent uh, in front of a screen consuming entertainment media, whether it was video games, mm -hmm. the internet, unfortunately, things like porn. And uh, those are the things that kind of break, break your heart and say, wow, we really need to uh, better place a focus on, on our time. So, yeah, so so definitely this has not been anything new. It's right. just things aren't getting better. They're getting worse. And we have no ancestral wisdom. This right. is the thing. I can't go to my my parents and say, Mom and Dad, how did you handle smartphones when we were kids? Yeah. Because there were no smartphones right. when I was a kid. Mom and Dad, how did you handle the internet in the house? Well, there was no internet in the house. Right. You know, so so there's no ancestral wisdom that I can gain. Uh, things have changed so quickly. So it's really incumbent upon us as parents in this generation to develop that wisdom right? and to not only apply it in our homes, but my goal is not just to apply it in my home, is to equip my children to be able to pass on new skills, new um, important areas of discernment and biblical wisdom to apply to this because I'm not, I don't, I'm not anti-media. I'm not anti-technology. Sure. I have websites i use multimedia i run a film festival right, <laughs> you know, right. so definitely not against media or entertainment or, or technology it's just we we don't handle it very well right. and we we've, we've proven that time and time again so we we need to learn uh to handle it better we need to gain that wisdom and we need to pass it on to our kids now here's the problem when i began speaking it was mostly to teens and and young people and then I realize as time has gone on, it's like, this is not a teen problem. This is a societal problem right. that covers all ages. And right now, some the biggest hill to climb is I encourage parents, where do we start? You know, because, you know, 15, 16 years ago when I was, when I was kind of getting going on this, I, 
I was beating this drum and many people were just like rolling their eyes, you know, <laughs> really, is this really a problem? And, but that has changed. I don't, yeah. I hardly meet anybody anymore that doesn't acknowledge we've got a problem. Right. They just don't know what steps to take. So that's where I, I want to kind of step in and help and say, Hey, here are some things that can be very beneficial uh, for, for families. And the first thing, you know, cause I'm all about action steps. We can identify the problems. Yeah. I can talk about the problem right, right. for hours and hours and hours. You know, that's not, that's an easy thing to do. Right. Finding solutions is difficult. So the first step in regaining focus in this age of digital distractions is for parents to begin to model it for mm. their children yeah. because our, our children need to guidance and they need mentoring, but we know it's hypocritical and they can see right through that if we're telling them, do what I say, not what I do. Right. And right now, adults are not handling technology well at all. And so the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. So we, so, and the kids are not going to learn the things they need to learn if mom and dad don't take this serious and say, you know what, we've got to, we've got to take, um, make some effort here to shift our focus. And one of those things that I've been pointing out for many years is, uh, first of all, is to prioritize presence. <laughs> you've yeah. got to, you've got to, it's the paradox. Be all of, the way there. It's the paradox of our culture that we have these great digital tools like we're using right here to create this podcast. We can connect with people around the world. I could be in another country and we right. could be doing this. I'm only a state away, but, um, Nevertheless, we can we can connect 24-7 to people around the world, but we are neglecting the people across the table from us. Yeah. We're neglecting the people that so that's one step that we need to just, you know, in this prioritize presence. Make the person in the room the most important person. Not so so if someone's texting you, if someone's sending you a notification, an instant message, if they're they shared a video or, you know, those are all people that are, are not in your home right now. Right. And so that, that person has to take the back seat and we have to retrain our habits to say, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I, I have my phone, my phone is set to vibrate always. It mm -hmm. frustrates my wife sometimes, right? <laughs> you know, but, um, but I, it never rings. Uh, I've got a lot of notifications turned off. And uh, I had to train myself over the years to ignore, you know, to, to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be disciplined and I'm not going to just be checking my phone 50 times a day. It's like the average is like 54 times a day oh, or wow. something that people pick up their phone and check it. And so I'm not going to just be checking my phone all day long. I'm, I'm going to stay focused. And, and especially when we're with our family, it's, it's uh, not easy to do because we, we are habitual now right. with our phones. You need to just, we just need to become habitual towards presence. Like just, yeah. I remember this time I was hanging out with some 20 somethings several years ago. This was before the smartphone. This was still in the flip phone era, <laughs> but it was texting was a huge thing. I was trying to talk to this 20 year old guy. And, and the whole time we were trying to have this conversation, he was a relatively new believer. He was asking me questions, good questions wanting feedback and I would try to give him some feedback and he'd be constantly distracted by his phone. We couldn't have a conversation yeah. for three or four minutes without him. And I said, would you just 
put that thing away. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're we're trying to have a conversation here. And he says, oh, he says, oh, he just brushed it off. He goes, check this out. Look what I can do. And he took his phone and it was, you know, just a flip phone. And so he put it behind his back and he, he texted a message for me, you know, <laughs> without looking, back. you know, he could do it in his pocket. He, yeah. could, he was so good. Oh my goodness. And, uh, and I said, I'm not impressed. <laughs> yeah. Know? So it's, it's a difficult thing uh, because it, we, we are so consumed with our phones, especially, you know, we still have our computers, um, but those sit on a desk and it's, it's harder to get to those, you know, even if we have a laptop, you know, you have to be more intentional about going to your computer, opening it up, turning it on, going to whatever page, whereas with yes. our phones, they're just there in our pocket all the time. And it is one of the most frustrating and heartbreaking things, um, it, when you go into a restaurant, I don't know what it is about restaurants, but you go and people, you see a whole family sitting there. And they cannot sit through a meal without the whole family being on their individual phones, you know, or you'll see two people on a date, whether they're husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend. And I'm like, who would want to date someone like that who just sits on their phone the entire time? You know, it well, just, because what it says is I care more about this person or I care more about social media than I care about the person that's in front of me. Yeah. It is a lot has changed because uh, we are, you and I would be regarded as the digital immigrants. Uh -huh. the, the changes have happened in our, yeah. our lifetime. Yep. I mean, you're younger than I am, so you know maybe you're, <laughs> you're on the verge of the, the digital. But you know, our children are regarded as digital natives. Yeah, they—that's all they've ever known. Right. And right. but as a as a digital immigrant that have seen these changes happen suddenly in my lifetime, I remember when uh, cell phones first began to be more common. Mm -hmm. And when you went into a restaurant and it was like one person in the restaurant had the cell phone and they were the obnoxious person that right. everybody hated oh, because yeah. they'd be on their phone yep. and they'd be like, hi, right, showing and off, they were like showing it off. Like <laughs> I've got a cell phone and right. we'd all be like, put this, just shut up, be quiet, put the thing away. Right. It's like frustrating, but think about how things have changed yeah. because nobody even box at it anymore because right. everybody has the cell phone. Everybody's on their phone all the time. All the time. And you know, when I was interviewing uh, Dr. David Walsh, I, you know, I produced a documentary that came out in 2012 called Captivated, mm -hmm. uh, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture and tons of fantastic people to interview. But Dr. David Walsh was was talking about attention and he he talked about the two different types of attention, which are uh, reactive attention and focused attention. And God has wired us um, to to be to react to things that are that move and that are emotionally stimulating. And He gave a great example. He said, "You know, so if I'm, he's a focused attention is like reading a book. So I'm, I'm say I'm, I'm in my easy chair. I'm, I'm focused on this book, but out of the corner of my eye, I see a mouse run across the floorboard. Where's my attention going to go? Oh yeah, it's going to go to that mouse. It's like we're wired to respond to movement." Mm -hmm. And, and this is something God has given us. And, and so, but that's, you don't have to train that. That's just natural. And that's why when I'm going out on a date with my wife and I, there's this nice little Thai restaurant we like to go to, unfortunately it has a TV on one wall. Oh no. We usually try to sit <laughs> I hate where that. we don't, and they don't, they don't have the volume going. But I remember one time we were there and um, so, there was a soccer game. Now, no offense to anybody who loves soccer, but I just don't. Right. I don't love it. I don't play it. I don't certainly don't like to watch it. So, so I have zero interest in in soccer in real life, and then and less of an interest 
on a screen. Yet it was so hard for me to not be focusing my attention or, or distracted, my attention being distracted to that screen, not because I was even interested, right. but because it's that, that, it's that reactive attention. Right. There's movement, there's light. And, and it, it struck me going like, that is such a powerful draw. And so focused attention actually takes effort yeah. and it takes, you, you have, have to teach. And the, many of the ways that children were taught to focus their attention are gone now. We've, we've, yeah. we've lost, we've just acquiesced to the culture of distraction. And we're no longer training ourselves or our children to be attentive and that and that focused attention is and that's part of why i've you know kind of titled this you know regaining focus yeah. we, we need we need discipline the bible talks about runners it uses the analogy in the christian life of like a, an athlete who's training and that they they have self-control um in their training and we need that self-control today if we're going to run the race to win and really thrive in this digital age as christians we're, we're going to have to have good old-fashioned self-control and yeah. say you know we need to retrain ourselves to to have focused attention right and it's all about habits in training. You're absolutely right. Um, we are out of time for this episode, but let's come back on Wednesday. We're going to continue talking about this. Um, this is really encouraging. I want to talk about several other things in regards to digital distractions and how we can avoid them in our families. Um, and, and I want to talk about some of the consequences that our families are facing because of, of that. Um, but we will be back on Wednesday. Philip, where can people learn more about you and the ministry that God has you in? Yes. Well, my, my catch-all site is philiptelford.com. Okay. And that kind of links everything. Um, I'm a pastor and, and run the film festival, but uh, the main, my nonprofit ministry is called Media Talk 101. So okay. mediatalk101.org is this distinct focus on media and entertainment. Okay. Sounds great. We'll put those links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Philip. Thank you guys for joining us today. We will be back on Wednesday. We will see you then. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.